morning, church. Wow. Um, I thought it was kind of ironic, the series that I was thinking about talking about. Um, when Pastor Mark asked me again, he says, hey, I'm going out of town. Would you be willing to do another uh, one week, at the, uh, you know, preaching? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And then later he said, how do you feel about doing two? And I said, I can do two, you know. He'd already got me on a three. Next time I'm going to have to work on a four plus. It's getting scary. So um, it was ironic because last week when we closed, I challenged all of us. Does everybody remember that? Expressive worship. Have some expressive worship this week. I myself, who challenged the whole church, did not have my moment of expressive worship until I was on my way home from Reno on Saturday and I was on Hammond, I can't say that word. Hamilton Smartsville Road, that's it. I was on that road, and my wife sent me a song to listen to and open up on my phone, which I shouldn't have been doing on that windy road. She said, you need to hear this song, and you need to have it in your playlist. So I opened the song up, and there I was having my expressive moment of worship because it was, a, it was called Might Get Loud. I liked it. it was, she's like, that song's for you. So, um, so I had my expressive moment of worship this week, and I had one this morning too, um, but I'm going to ask everybody, and I don't need to see hands go up because I don't want to embarrass any of us, did you adhere to the challenge, and did you have a moment of expressive worship this week, you know, I asked that, you know, my series is called, do we have a, the slide is up, Kelly, letting God down, shame and guilt. Do you ever feel like you let God down in the small tasks and the big tasks? I sometimes feel that when I'm challenged with small things like that, I'm quick to let God down. And I'm like, and I go and I beat myself up because I'm like, that was so easy to do. And I didn't do it. Got some real good scripture on that next week. You know, doesn't it feel good when we know that we're living in God's will? That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling when you wake up and you feel certain that you're living in God's will. That you're doing the things that you feel, that you discern the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do in front of you. And you act on it and you do it. Okay? And that's a good, good, good feeling. It makes you feel like you're excited to go to church on Sunday. You're excited to talk about Jesus. You're excited when you're praying on a Tuesday in your car on the way to work. You're excited when you get home and you think about maybe some scripture that you're going to read. You're excited when you think about what's going on in your life, period. In every area of your life, you're excited about what's going on. Because in your heart, you know and feel that you're living in God's will. How about when you feel like you let him down? This is where we beat ourselves up. Beat ourselves up. Shame and guilt. That's why I called this week shame and guilt. Because we don't want to live in shame and guilt, but we're going to talk about what it looks like, what it feels like. Because it's a very heavy, heavy, heavy burden. We'll start with shame. Do you ever feel that burden of shame? How about not so much shame that you bring on yourself. How about when somebody else shames you? Oh, you could have done it like this. Small things. The, the tongue is a very, very, very 
powerful weapon that can be used for good or it can be used for harm. And we all know sticks and stones will break your bones and words never hurt. Words cut to the core and stay with you for the rest of your life. I watched this analogy. It was the really cool one. You've all, we, it's been floating around the past few years. You've probably read it. It showed uh, it, this, this boy got angry and he acted out. And his father said, why are you so angry? And he told him why. So he took him out to the fence. And we all have lots of wood fences around here. So he took him out to the fence and he said, each time you get angry, you're going to nail a nail into this fence. This is, a, this is a, an, an analogy story. The boy went out, he nailed the nails into the fence. Over time, there was starting to become a lot of nails in the fence because this kid was angry a lot. Finally, he stopped being so angry. And his father came to him one day and said, I noticed you haven't been adding any more nails to the fence. He says, I haven't been so angry anymore. Great. From now on, when you're about to get angry and you don't out, act out on your anger, remove a nail from the fence. So eventually, he pulled all the nails from the fence. And he said to his dad, Dad, now we need to fix the fence. Why, son? Because there's all kinds of holes in it. Because those are the scars that are left behind when we say things, even when they're taken back. They leave a hole and a scar, and they hurt, and they last forever. And the, the old phrase of time heals all wounds. Time does not heal all wounds. Time festers wounds. And we learn to grow around them and strengthen ourselves around it, but the wound never goes away. Shame can do that to us because we beat ourselves up with the burden of shame. It's like this heavy rock that you just carry around every day. Guilt is the same thing. Guilt. Do you ever feel guilty? And you know what, everybody? You're going to try to love me on this. I am going to try to be done at 11 o'clock today. I'm going to try to do what pastors. I'm going to give 25, 30 minutes. Get you out of here going home because you all know I can be long-winded. And I'll just start going. So I'm not going to do that. I've got this is two weeks. I'm going to try to get on track. We're going to stop telling weird stories and we're going to start getting on time. Okay? Amen? Amen. All right. So um, guilt. Guilt is this other one. Guilt is just something that just eats you alive. It's like a poison in your body. It's like poison. It's just, you just guilt. You just, you, just, you just can't let go of your guilt. Maybe you made a bad decision. Maybe you ran a red light by accident and, and there was a, you created a car accident and somebody got injured. That's the kind of guilt that we just can't forgive ourselves over sometimes. There's different kinds of guilt. There's guilt that you cause willingly and then there's guilt that's caused in your life unwillingly and you just can't let it go. Do you ever feel like you could have done more physically, emotionally, or spiritually that wouldn't put you in a position of shame and guilt all the time. I remember we were at a church and a friend of ours made a challenge one day to the leadership of the church. And everybody's kind of eyes opened up like we couldn't believe she said it. We were in a business church meeting and she said, I'd like to see from now on when people say they're going to pray for you, why are you going to pray for them later? Why don't you just pray for them right then and there? And although her challenge was out there, I was convicted because I said, She's kind of right. Why do I want to tell you I'm going to pray for you later? You know what happens when I do things later? Later never comes. I don't do it later. And why do I want to make you wait? Don't I want to give you that encouragement, that 
I'm praying for you. We've prayed about this right there on the spot in front of God Almighty. Holy Spirit in our midst, two or more gathered. We prayed, it's done. I had prayer like that with a friend of mine last week. Pray right now. We pray right now on the spot. How about the shame and the guilt that comes along with the many times that people have said to you that they were going through something and they said, will you pray for me? And you said, absolutely, I'm going to pray for you. You are in my prayers and you never prayed for them. We have all been there, I believe. I think we've all been there. Like, oh, then you remember. You see them next Sunday. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to pray about that. I hope they're okay. I hope that situation worked out. Shame and guilt is heavy on every single human being, whether they come to this church, they go to another church, or they don't attend church at all. Shame and guilt is so heavy. I've been, I've been in leadership with recovery ministries and been helping a lot of men in recovery for many years. The number one thing that I have come to realize over time that takes people out is shame and guilt. They will stay sober for X amount of time. Third time around. They will get your phone number. They will call you weekly. You will invite them into your home. You will love on them. They will love and appreciate you for everything that they are doing. And then they slip because of something that instead of working through and dealing with, they don't. And shame and guilt comes on them and becomes such a heavy burden, they hide under the nearest rock they can find and sometimes never to be seen again. I cannot tell you how many people I have helped, known, and grown a friendship with over the years that drank and never wanted to see or talk to me again. It's not because of what they did. It's that shame and that guilt that they do not know how to overcome. That shame and that guilt that is so heavy that they don't want to face because they feel that you're going to shame them, and they feel guilty. And it's so heavy, they're just not going to acknowledge it. It's just easier to walk away. And people, people do that at church. Come to church, have a bad experience, shame and guilt. Ooh, they asked me to greet people that one Sunday, and I said I would, and then I didn't come back. I don't think we can go there ever again. Right? I don't care. Show up. Pull me off to the side and tell me that you, why you didn't make it. I don't care. Just come back. Shame and guilt doesn't have to be that hard. We all make mistakes. We have to stand up to this stuff, you know? Pastor Mark's in a series right now, the I Am David series, and it is good. Amen? Who's been, who's been here every week? I Am David. I Am David's picking back up two Sundays from now because I'll be up here next Sunday. That's why nobody's here. Everybody knew that Pastor Mark was leaving and that I would be up here. So, the I Am David series. The first two weeks focused on David the warrior, right? I love this. Because then Pastor talked about David decided to take a break from war and not be a warrior. And God designed David, a man after his own heart. His gift was to be a warrior. He fought lions and bears and protected sheep. He killed Goliath and he went out to war and that's what he did, and he defended Israel. And God was happy with what was going on in Israel. And Pastor Mark talked about the moment that David took a break from war, and I love that scripture where he's like, it says, you know, how many times do you read this stuff, and you just go through it, but you didn't grab it? 
and then pastor somebody. Somebody will sit there at a sermon one Sunday and they'll just dig into it deeper. It says, while kings were at war that spring, David decided to stay home. And he had the location problem. That's what pastor called it, a location problem. How many location problems do we have in our life that leads to shame and guilt? You want to talk about shame and guilt? Let's, let's talk about shame and guilt. Anyone remember the location that David was in? The roof. Thank you, D. David was on the rooftop. Wrong place, wrong time? We think not. Not for David. It was the right place at the right time because David knew that Bathsheba would be down there bathing. So for David, he knew what he was doing. He wasn't a fool. He knew, like Pastor talked about, it's not in the scripture, but the reality is, as a human being, we can look at the context and say, David the king knew that at 314, Bathsheba would be naked and in that water, in that bath down below. A location problem. He wasn't where he was supposed to be in God's will. He was no longer going to war, and he found himself on the rooftop, lusting. First one, sin, right? Don't go to that yet, Kelly. He was sinning. There was a sin in the heart, the man after God's own heart. There was a sin in the heart. It was lust. It started with lust. Can you imagine the next, the next action was the lust of the heart turned into the lust and sin of the flesh? Okay? Turned into the lust and the sin of the flesh. Now he's physically committed sin and committed adultery in God's eyes, and he's got this woman pregnant. And, to try, and then he tries to hide his sin. Shame and guilt. Shame and guilt are burying here in this story. I've got to do something about this before everybody calls me out and shames me, like Nathan the prophet did later. I've got to fix this. Shame and guilt became very heavy. So what did he do? Uriah, go to your wife. Go see her. Trying to hide up his sin. No, I can't do that. Gets him drunk. Go home with your wife. Hoping he could hide his sin because he was full of shame and guilt and burden. He was trying to hide under a rock. And then when he couldn't do that, he had him killed. Here, Uriah, here's your orders. The orders said, go to the, send Uriah to the front line. And then back away and leave him there. Wow. I find it, I find it honorable that this man never opened up to read what the orders were. He was a commander in the army. He didn't even read the orders. It's pretty intense. So... Now you take a look at David's life. We want to talk about shame and guilt. You think you feel guilty because you didn't come to church on the Sunday that you said you were going to greet? How about being David here in this story? You've had an encounter with God. You stood once and said, who is this Philistine that defies, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? I'm going to take him out. God is with me. He goes to war year after year, builds up the kingdom. Prays, writes all these prayers, goes through all this drama in his life. God says, David is a man after my own heart. Well, I'm a man after God's own heart. And now I just committed adultery. I didn't just not put my grocery cart away. I didn't just not show up to Sunday to the commitment I had. David committed adultery. And then he committed murder. What kind of shame and guilt do you think he was carrying for quite some time? Think he wanted to hide under a rock? Yeah. You think David felt that he let God down? 
David let God down when he committed adultery and all that? How did David overcome his shame and his guilt? He confessed it. We read it in the Psalms. He confessed, his, he confessed it. He prayed. He looked for forgiveness. He believed that our God, who at that time, it was, there, Jesus hadn't died on the cross for you, but he believed at that time his God would forgive him, and he did. Our God forgave David. That's just one example of letting God down. How about Peter letting God down? Anybody remember that story? Peter, man. Let's look at this story. I'm going to show up to church on Sunday and greet people, and then you don't come, and then you don't ever want to come back because of shame and guilt. Snap out of it. Come to church. We love you. It's okay. It's okay. We are a forgiving people just as our God forgives. God forgives you. God forgave you before you even decided not to come because he already knew you weren't going to come. Because God loves us. Because God knows you're a human. God knows that's what you do. We're going to talk about it next week. Find some intense scripture to back up everything I'm talking about here. But let's take a look at Peter. Wow, that clock moved fast. <laughs> Peter, Peter walked with Jesus for three years. He walked and talked with a man that he watched perform miracles and speak spiritually. Peter was that guy, have you ever met somebody and you go, there's just something different about that guy. Oh, Jesus walked, or Peter walked with that guy for three years, watched him do things that nobody had ever done ever. He performed miracles. How about walking on water? Anybody get on the boat here at the lake? I did last week. You ever thought about what it would be like to walk on water and then have any doubts in what your faith is? Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, she said. Peter, a man who has seen the powerful works of God, who just said that he was going to go and he was going to die this death, and he talked about everything that was going to happen, and his response was, I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway when another servant girl summed and said to the people there, this, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. Spent three years with him. You want to talk about shame and guilt? Look at Judas's shame and guilt. What did Judas go and do? He hung himself. Shame and guilt. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. You don't belong around here. You're not from around here. You sound like you're from Tennessee or something. Surely you were one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses. And he swore to them, I don't know the man. I don't know this powerful being that you speak of who performed all these miracles, who promised me that I would be the rock of his church, that told me he was going to die, that's done all these things, that healed this guy's ear after I chopped it off 12 hours ago. I don't know him. What kind of shame and guilt do you think Peter walked with after that? Dude. You didn't show up to church on Sunday because you said you were going to greet and you didn't make it. And you think we carry shame and guilt? All these people went on to live lives that just honored God. And God continued to use them in ways that we just can't imagine. You cannot allow shame and guilt to beat you down. Paul talked about letting God down when he struggled with his flesh. That's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to close this with that next week. But today we're going to talk about number one, 
The number one thing that leads to shame and guilt is fear. Suffer from about a thousand forms of fear, and Pastor talked about it last week. That the spirit of fear. Did you know that there's a lot of healthy fear and unhealthy fear? Unhealthy fear is just evil. It just eats you up. It leads to shame and guilt. Healthy fear is this. I describe it all the time. You want to hear an example of healthy fear? What's healthy fear, Chris? My arm feels broken. I think I should go to the hospital. If I don't, my arm may never work right again. Isn't that a fear? It's a fear. It was a concern, a fear. How about this? My alarm's going off. If I don't wake up, I won't go to work, and I won't be able to keep my job, and I won't be able to pay my bills. That is a fear that led you to that. A healthy one at most. Because it was a concern. Something that made you create an action with a reaction. Fear is either healthy or unhealthy. We need to get rid of the unhealthy fear in our lives, and we have to live by faith. We have to cast out that spirit of fear, because that's the one. Fear. They fear what we're going to think if you said you were going to volunteer to help out and then you don't come. Fear. You're afraid of it. Anxiety and worry leads to emotional decision making. The anxiety that you feel about letting us down. We're not being let down. Nobody's being let down. You're not even, you're, we only let ourselves down and we have to step through that. I'm using the analogy of what's going on because we're creating an atmosphere of bringing a lot of ministries back up to life in this church. And we're looking for a lot of help right now. This church is going to grow. I speak life over this church. I've been speaking life over this church since I got here. And this church is growing. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to have children's ministry. We're going to grow because our children aren't here this week, probably because they don't want to be here every week and sit in here for an hour. Okay? We're going to grow. We're going to have greeters at the door to add what Dale said. Be friendly, too. We want you to be friendly. You don't have to do much, but be friendly and have a smile and then greet people. Show up 20 minutes early, 30 minutes early. People start showing up then. I get here earlier, so you've got to be here to greet me, okay? Fear tries to cripple us from our acts of faith. The enemy wants to disable you. Your enemy wants to disable you. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were signed and sealed into the book of life. Your name is there. It cannot be taken away. The enemy would prefer to see you a disabled Christian who performs no work, no acts, and no talking about Jesus from now till the day you die. He just wants you to shut up. Fear. That shame and guilt leads to that. I'm not going to talk about my faith. The last time I did, I didn't show up to that church when I said I was going to volunteer. I feel like I let everybody down. Shame and guilt is so heavy. And our shame and guilt are weak compared to some of these from the scripture. Isaiah 54, 4, fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood, widowhood you will remember no more. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Number two thing that leads to shame and guilt is sin. Conscious sin and unconscious sin, there's a difference. How about the sin that you do where you're like, oh, I just broke the law. I was speeding. You didn't even pay attention. I usually am. Confessing. But all of a sudden you look down you're going 85 and a 65. You're breaking the law. A law created by our land and our governments. A law that you should be following. So are you sinning? Unconsciously. How about sometimes when somebody says something and your reaction to it is sin? And then you're like, whoa, why did I react that way? Unconscious sin. How about conscious sin? 
Conscious sin, rooftop location. I'm going to be there at 314 to see that girl and bring her up to my place. Planned out, premeditated sin. That leads to shame and guilt. Sin without repentance and forgiveness is a heavy burden because that's what we carry. That is what is carried with that shame and guilt. And you need to repent and you need to ask forgiveness so that you can move on with your life. And you can show up next Tuesday with four days sober or you can show up next Sunday to church happy to be here. Repentance and forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not most, not some, all. The stuff that you, shame and guilt that you carry, he is willing to, to take away. Third thing, just to get, we're going to wrap it up quickly. I will get you all home by a certain time. Condemnation leads to shame and guilt. Don't you just condemn yourself all the time over these things. You condemned yourself. Nobody needs to do it for you. You beat yourself up in your head for three hours about what you said you were going to do and you didn't do. About what you intended to do and you didn't do. About what you knew you needed to do and you didn't do. Condemnation. Condemnation is the worst one. Because you'll do it to yourself all day. You will do it to yourself all day. You are not condemned. You are forgiven and you are redeemed. And you need to hold on to those truths daily and not let shame and guilt carry a burden on your life. John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. But Jesus wants to save you from your bad decisions. He wants to redeem you from your bad decisions. He wants to take away your shame and your guilt because your shame and your guilt is like a poison eating your soul. Shame and guilt is like a poison and you got to cast it out. 1 John 3.20, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Going back, to, uh, going back uh, on that, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Do you remember what Pastor Mark talked about with that? It's not about a verbal... Lord, let me confess all this stuff to you. Pastor Mark acknowledged it from the original Greek that it meant, I am in agreement with what you are saying about this, God. This is wrong. You say it's wrong. I am in agreement with that. I am in agreement with this. You're acknowledging it. That's your confessing it. You're saying to God, I acknowledge what you're saying. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to deny the accusation against me. Shame and guilt makes you feel that when you stand at the judgment throne that God is going to tear you apart. Shame and judgment, shame and guilt do that. You know who leads the charge on shame and guilt? Your enemy. Because your enemy is going to want to stand there at the day of judgment. Here's a good analogy. And he's going to want to say, Dan did this. And then Jesus is going to stand up. The, de the defense attorney is going to go, objection, your honor. I paid for that sin. And he's going to do that through every single accusation of shame and guilt that you live with through your entire life. Jesus is going to stand up and say, objection, your honor. I paid for that one too. Every one of them. Do not let shame and guilt bury your actions and the things that you're going to do in God's will. And right now, God's will is this. You're not sitting in this room by accident today. Nobody is sitting here on Sunday morning at the River Church by accident. God has a plan to use you, and do not let shame and guilt beat yourself up, because shame and guilt will not bring you back. 
If you let shame and guilt fester, it becomes a poison that you're not going to be happy with who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, and you're just going to isolate and slip away. That's what people do. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. John 8, 11, she said, no one, Lord, and Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. Closing it up with the, the verse that I, ooh, right on time. Closing it up with the verse that Dan read, Romans 8, 1 through 4. Listen to this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in who? In Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about that Spirit-filled life next week a little bit. From the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Because the law of sin and death is just going to bring shame and guilt. All day, every day. The more you think about it, the heavier that shame and guilt is going to be. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Let God take care of that shame and guilt. Let him condemn those things and put them away. Let him put it to pass. Live in God's will. Don't let shame and guilt be your enemy here. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Living in the flesh, focusing on the flesh with everything that goes on in the world we live in, is a very heavy burden of shame and guilt on a daily basis for each and every individual. How, do you ever take an inventory of yourself at the end of the day and look and think about all the opportunities that you had to do something that was right and you didn't do it and you beat yourself up? That, my friends, is shame and guilt. I know that you know that, but we got to acknowledge it. We got to take a look at these things and learn how to live outside. We got to learn how to, how to defeat Shame and guilt. Shame and guilt are a spirit just like fear is. That spirit wants to keep you crippled, not doing God's will, not living by your spirit. Wants to keep you locked into feeling that you live by the flesh. Hold on. tried to be (laughs) listen I don't know where you're at right now don't know what's going on in your life I don't know what shame and guilt you have I don't know what you're condemning yourself with I don't know what is so heavy that would keep you from serving God wholeheartedly Dale and Dan are going to be here at the corners right now they're going to be here to pray for anybody that wants to come up and pray Because maybe I've helped you, maybe this message, because God, not I. Maybe God has helped uncover to you something that you feel is heavy. And Kelly's out here too. Maybe there is something heavy going on in your heart. And it's shame and it's guilt and it's weighing you down. And you don't know how to shake it. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you.